All right, welcome to the Dharma and Recovery class. I'm Kevin Griffin. Uh, this is our monthly gathering for people in or contemplating recovery or interested in whatever you might be recovering from. I think Wes Nisker says something like that after my, on the back of my first book. This fine book will be, be of great benefit to all who are recovering from something and who isn't. Um, that's a good blurb. <laughs> Covers everybody. Everybody should buy it. I, I was just in the bookstore and, and uh, sometimes I go in the bookstore and I feel overwhelmed because there are so many books that I haven't read. Sometimes I feel annoyed because there are so many books and they're just annoying. And sometimes I feel jealous because somebody else's book, you know, has a better cover than mine or selling more than mine. But uh, I actually had a positive thought, which is unusual for me, actually, but uh, <laughs> that you should, you, should, uh, you should get a book. You, know? you should always be reading a Dharma book, that sort of... You know, the old, uh, they call them bedstand Buddhists. People who keep a pile of Buddhist books by their bedstand. And, you know, and that's, uh, even if you're uh, not a Buddhist, uh, you know, I've, I've read so many Dharma books, and, uh, and I don't read so many of the kind that they have in the bookstore anymore. Um, but uh, I've, I've really benefited from all the reading that I have done. And if you haven't explored the, the kind of books they have in there, you know, you can go in there. Practically every one of them is a good book. You, know, you can pick them up and tell in about five minutes whether you want to read it. And, um, so that's my plug for literate Dharma practitioners. Um, so, uh, we meet here once a month, I think I said that, and, uh, and we usually sit for about a half an hour, and I'll give some guided meditation instructions, and then uh, have time for some questions about meditation, if there are any. And we'll have a break, and then uh, I'll give a talk on a topic that I hope will be of use to people. And uh, so that's kind of how the evening goes, just in case you were wondering. Um, I'm curious how many people are here uh, at Spirit Rock for the first time. If you just raise your hand. Yeah, great. Welcome. Uh, I'm glad that you've come. And uh, I know for me, when I first started to go to Dharma centers, to meditation centers, it was kind of a big big deal for me. I've, uh, you know, it's kind of like another alien world to go into. And, and one of my goals, and I think one of my, uh, one of the roles I serve here is as a, a welcoming uh, place, a welcoming kind of gateway into, into Spirit Rock for people who uh, are obviously are in recovery or practicing 12 steps and uh, and so, uh, um, 
you know, I hope that you'll get a good feeling from, from your evening here, but also further look into other events that happen here. There's, there's a great deal of, of wonderful teachings that happen here. Every weekend, there's virtually every weekend, there's something different in this hall, soon to be a much nicer hall across the road. I'm sure you saw some of the construction. And then there are the more extended uh, residential retreats that happen up the hill uh, that are going on pretty much year-round as well. So, um, you know, if you don't have a spiritual home, this is a good one. Um, anything else I want to say? Maybe not right now. So, so let's just uh, begin to sit. And um, if you're not experienced at meditation, um, you can listen to my instructions. See about working with them. Um, yeah, the starting point of meditation is just the way we hold our bodies. And uh, so that we, you know, we see these images of the sort of ideal meditator in this kind of pretzel, full lotus, that not so many of us can actually get into. But rather than the legs being the important part of a meditation posture, the the back is much more important than the than the legs. At least I hope so, because I can't sit like that anymore. So sitting in a chair is fine. But you want to work with your posture with being, uh, you know, sitting sitting up relatively straight without getting rigid (coughs) and sitting in a way that you can be alert and still relax. And that that kind of finding that balance between being relaxed and alert is kind of the the physical... uh, sort of metaphor for what the internal experience of meditation is, of, of being alert and mindful at the same time that we're trying to cultivate a kind of calm. And so that, that balance is really the edge that we're working with a lot in practice. And it's not about getting to a place where we are you know, perfectly in balance. It's really much more like being a tightrope walker who's adjusting moment by moment, the balance internally and externally. So you can sit with your eyes closed. Some people aren't comfortable closing their eyes, particularly in a group. And so if you're one of those people, you can just uh, lower your gaze so that you're just not engaging the visual field. As soon as we move out of the visual world, we're met with another aspect of experience kind of comes into the foreground, the awareness of body, of posture. And so just starting by noticing how your feeling in your body, is there anything obvious going on? And 
and sort of noticing the alignment of the spine and the way your head is sitting on your neck, shoulders. You know, just noticing if you're in balance. I like to guide some intentional relaxation. Just to settle the body a bit, to calm the mind a bit. Relaxing the muscles in the face, the jaw, the small muscles around the eyes, the forehead. Moving the attention down through the neck, relaxing the shoulders. Releasing through the arms and hands. Softening the belly. Opening the chest. The breath can move deeply into the body. Seeing if you can relax the large muscles in the back. You can feel the breath in the back. Relaxing through the hips and pelvis. The legs and feet. And then feeling the whole body sitting. Feeling the body as a single object. Seeing that within that single object, 
there are many different sensations happening at once. from this body awareness to awareness of sound, opening to any sounds you can hear, sounds inside the room, sounds outside, sounds inside your own body. Just receiving sound. Body awareness, sound awareness. Now see if you can open to the subtle experience of mood or emotion. Just noticing if there's any prominent feeling or subtle feeling. If someone were to ask you right now to name your mood, is there a word that you would use to describe it? Although it's not so important to name it, but rather to just feel it, receive that. And this is the field of awareness, body and sounds, moods. To give ourselves something more precise to pay attention to, You can pay attention to the breath, feeling the sensations of breath at the nostrils, the air, 
coming in and out of the body, the touch sensation. Or if this is difficult to connect with, you can pay attention to the breath in the belly. Just feeling the movement, the rising and falling with each breath. You might just call it expanding and contracting. So let one of those two points of sensation be your anchor point, either at the nostrils or at the belly. Feel the difference between an in-breath and an out-breath. so that you're clear about what you're paying attention to. It can be helpful to use some guiding words with the breath. If you're following the breath at the nostrils, saying in, out, silently to yourself with each breath. Or if you're following the breath at the belly, you can say rising, falling. The words can just of help you to stay with the actual experience. natural for the mind to wander when we try to pay attention to the breath. Working with that is integral to the practice of meditation. When we realize we're not with the breath, that the mind has gotten caught up in thinking We acknowledge that, see that clearly, and then come back, really starting again, reestablishing our awareness of the breath. Sometimes at that point, you might notice your posture has also slipped in some way. It's really a 
restart. Trying not to add a judgment or self-criticism just because your mind has wandered. Seeing if you can just be kind to yourself. See this as a kind of training. Training yourself to keep coming back.
All right. So um, I'd like to open it up for any questions uh, about practice, if there are, are any. Yes. <clears throat> um, I opened my eyes when I was meditating, looked up, and you were like smiling, like grinning really tough. <laughs> and I'm wondering how you do that and what <laughs> you got going on in there, because I'm like, <laughs> don't try this at home. I don't know. I was grinning. Um, <laughs> he said that he opened his eyes when he was meditating and, and that I was grinning. <laughs> and that uh, he was wondering how I did that. Or what did you say? What's going on inside? It's easy. You turn up the sides of your mouth. <laughs> but does the inside match the outside? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not often asked about my facial expressions while meditating. Was I tipping over at all? Because lately I've been tipping. I've been finding myself like this, and I'm not sure if that's a sign of something. Um, well, first of all, I'll say that I have practiced intentional smiling in, pra- in my meditation uh, for years. That was actually kind of like a, a, an intentional tool, and, and I talk about that, in, uh, or I give the instructions on that in my book, A Burning Desire. And that practice comes from Thich Nhat Hanh, he uh, calls it present moment, wonderful moment, and you recite, you do phrases with your breath, and, and the th- fourth phrase, I guess, it's in, out, deep, slow, calm, ease, smile, release, present moment, wonderful moment, and he recommends that you kind of try to bring a smile to your face as you're meditating, not forcing it like, I'm hating this, but I'm going to smile, you know, if, if there's a lot of resistance, in other words, you don't. But if you can kind of just go, and just like turn up the corners of your mouth, it can change the, your kind of energetic state or your mind state, your mood state. And, um, you know, this is one of those things, there's been research on it. I've gotten very cynical about research. But, <laughs> but supposedly, you know, I mean, I'm sure many of you have heard these things, like when you turn up, you know, when you smile, then endorphins are released and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that aside, you know, try it, see what happens. So there's that. And I don't know if I'm doing it intentionally anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I, I often do just kind of go, yeah, yeah kind of, it's almost become a regular practice for me in my daily life. I'll just try to like, because it'll change my mind state a little bit, just kind of lift me up. There are concentration states, which I can't claim to have been in this evening, but uh, maybe that, that just kind of evoke a smile. And if you ever sit and meditate with Lee Brasington, who's one of my teachers, I'm going to go sit with him. Yeah, it's like, you know, his grin, you know, you're like, whoa. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, if you look at a Buddha statue, can you see that? Can you see his mouth? He's not grinning, but he's, you could say that he's smiling. It's like a Buddha smile. Uh, Wes Nisker has a song called Smile Like a Buddha. It's really, it's a sweet song. And it's, it's got some clever lines. I sh- I should I recite it? No. <laughs> Smile like a Buddha for a while. Let me see you make a grin. Just a little teaser. Thin like the Mona Lisa. Smile. It gives 
something for anyway. Okay, never mind. Should be if he had a CD out, you could hear it. Any other questions? Yes. Um, mind you talk about your mind wandering. My mind wandering? <laughs> Our mind says One's mind, one, one, yes, gotcha. The mind, the mind wandering. Which mind is that? Yeah. Oh, are you asking me seriously? Oh, jeez, God. What time is it? We might, <laughs> might have to end early tonight. I'm, you know, I'm not, it's not a fancy instruction. It's not meant to be like, I'm not a Zen guy, you know, I mean, it just, you know, the thoughts that pass through something that you're aware of, that's the mind I'm talking about. But are you, are you seriously? Well, yeah, if, if you're aware of your mind thinking. If you're, if you're aware of thinking, okay. And then you go back to your breath. Right. When is when you go back to your breath, it's thinking. Well, it was thinking. Uh huh. Back to your breath. Right. Well, it implies two, two halves. Okay, I, I'm not sure how far I can go with this, but um, what we're really talking about is what are you paying attention to? Okay. So most of the time, or uh, well, let me rephrase that. <laughs> In meditation, you may notice that you're thinking, and so your attention is caught in the thinking. You're paying attention to the thoughts. So then when you realize that, then you bring your attention back to the experience of breath. So we're really more talking about attention than we are mind. Well, then it seems that there's two parts of your mind that are... One is oh, there's plenty of parts to your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an expert on this. I mean, no, because you're really, you're talking about something that's pretty, uh, you know, uh, it's not esoteric exactly, it's just, uh, it's something that I'm not that great at explaining. I feel like I have some experience of it, but, uh, so, let me see if I, what I can pull out of some orifice, maybe out of my ear. Um, so, first of all, I'll just say that for me, these kind of questions, they aren't that important because figuring out how it all works isn't really the point. It's more just do it, right? It's like, why did I drink? You know, I'm, I just st I stopped, you know, I don't need to figure that out. Uh, but um, I, t I think the way, the way I experience the mind is that there is uh, awareness and then there is uh, uh, the things that are experienced by awareness. Right? Awareness is aware of thinking or, you know, 
uh, breath. And so there's, it's like there's the content, and then there's the kind of capacity to observe. And, and most of the time, we're not aware of that observing capacity. And that's, that's mindfulness, essentially. And I, I may not be perfectly accurate with this, so you should read some. There's probably some book in there that explains it better. But, and so part, partly what we're trying to do in our meditation practice is to strengthen our tendency to be aware of the awareness or be in the place of just awareness rather than being caught up in the content. Because the content, te- our minds tend to, you know, lock in on the content and lose really not be aware that we're thinking. So, it, it, so I've, I've actually explained it wrong a little bit by saying that I'm aware of thoughts, because usually when I'm thinking, I'm not aware that I'm thinking. So awareness is kind of lost there, but awareness is there, it's just I'm not aware of that awareness, which is like, you know. <laughs> but, so, but I think this, for me, this is the most useful way of seeing it, whether it's a scientific explanation or not, uh, but, uh, but certainly a lot of the teachers that I really respect talk about this awareness itself. Is kind of, we're trying to kind of orient ourselves towards that, because when you're in just when you're just being connecting with awareness itself, you're not caught up in your stuff. You're able to actually like, oh, wow, that's an interesting thought, you know. I don't really want to kill my mother, but that came through, you know. And, <laughs> and you know, we're able to kind of observe ourselves in a kind of um, impersonal way. We're not, so, so it, it's more objective. Silent, Silent observing, yeah. observer, right. And so that's the kind of thing that I think we're trying to cultivate here, is that side of the equation, that part of the mind. And since scientists can't figure out what the mind is, I don't have to. Yeah, decide. Where are the easy questions? <laughs> Jeez. Isn't anybody falling asleep or anything you can talk about? Anybody having pain in their knees? I mean, good. Sorry. I hope that didn't, you know, make you feel like you shouldn't ask your questions. Oh, I lo- I lo- yes, it's great. Any questions are good questions. But maybe that's enough for now. Maybe we should we can take a little break. Um, before before we take a break, um, I'll just announce that I'm going to be teaching a well, I call it four day. It's a four night, uh, sort of five day, four night uh, intensive meditation retreat in October down in uh, Boulder Creek, California. Uh, sometimes people hear Boulder and they think I'm going to Colorado. Um, and this is a retreat that I've uh, kind of done uh, each year in October for the last 11 years. And this year, we're going to have a Qigong teacher there, Greg Pergament, who's wonderful and has a book on Qigong and recovery. And, uh, you know, if you're trying to kind of deepen your meditation practice uh, and, you, and you'd like to do that in the context of a recovery community... Uh, this is an opportunity to do that. So um, it's actually filling up, which is amazing. 
but um, we'd love to have you come. So there are flyers back on the table there, along with my new book, the Buddhism 12-step workbook. Um, I was also asked to announce about a couple introductory classes. There's an introduction to insight meditation on August 23rd, right here. Uh, a day long, that's a Saturday, a day long retreat with Howie Cohn. He's a great teacher and very, makes it very easy and accessible. And there's another one of those in September, September 28th with Dana De Palma. So um, if you're interested in just working on your meditation, uh, and, you, and, don't, and you're not ready for a full-on re residential retreat, come to one of those days. Um, and I like to ask people to just um, be friendly with each other during the break. <laughs> you don't have to be silent. If you're sitting beside someone you don't know, perhaps you could introduce yourself. We are all here with some shared interests, so uh, it's a pretty safe place to get to know people. So uh, let's take a break, and we'll ring a bell in a few minutes and come back for a talk. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.